Well, in the proud days of the early 1800s, Commodore Perry defeated the uh, Royal Navy in the Battle of Lake Erie during the War of 1812 and sent back the message, we have met the enemy and he is ours. Now, in the more cynical 1970s, Walt uh, Kelly and his uh, cartoon Pogo, dealing with the litter crisis, said, we have met the enemy and he is us. And I'm kind of leaning towards that one on this one, folks. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Little here with Steve Green and Scott Hott. And gentlemen, I've got a situation here that I think is really remarkable in a lot of different ways. Um, I can sum this up, I think, probably with the headline, one weird trick to make your, your, your military perform according to their constitutional duties with just this one weird trick. So here's the situation. The Supreme Court legitimately overturns Roe v. Wade in a perfectly constitutional manner. The Biden administration, in an act apparently issued as the commander in chief, informs the Pentagon to issue orders saying that any member of the United States military who wants to have an abortion can get time off for the abortion and transportation will be paid for that person in order to get to wherever they need to have an abortion. This is a violation of the, was it the Hoyt Amendment? The Hyde Amendment, which specifically forbids that, but the, but the president and the political military has just decided to ignore that Hyde Amendment. So one man, Mr. Smith goes to Washington style, stands up and takes a look at the wording of the Constitution and constitutional procedures, and that is Senator Tommy Tuberville, and he looks at the, at the fine print and realizes that in order to confirm flag officers in the United States military, that would be admirals or generals, it requires a unanimous consent vote from the United States Senate, which has always simply rubber-stamped it because these things are usually long established, and by the time you get to four-star rank, this is pretty well established. Well, uh, Tommy Tuberville decided, you know what? You're not going to get unanimous consent. I don't consent to this promotion. And he has blocked the promotion of a large number of very high-level Pentagon officials. And if you think that this is a problem for our military, like it's making things worse, I got some news for you. Uh, from the report here, um, I think this is a I think this is Senator uh, speaking. No, it's sorry. So uh, here's a quote from a guy named McIntyre. Um, no, I'm sorry. It was Tuberville. Sorry. Here it is. Um, Tuberville says right now at the moment before we block these promotions, we have 44 four-star generals in the United States Armed Services. During World War II, we had seven. So, Steve, you went to a military academy. Uh, when you look at, at today's military and the fact that they're disregarding both the Hyde Amendment and, and their constitutional duties and all the rest of it, I'm always, uh, I come right to, uh, to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who's, who's, who's basically said out loud, the single greatest threat to this country is climate change, and our largest challenge as America is diversity and inclusion. All I have to say about this guy, Scott, this, uh, Steve, and this will mean something to you, is I would just simply look at him and say, sir, you are a political general. You're not a war fighter. You're not a, you're not a military man. You're you're a, you're a political general. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh uh, just just to be clear. Um, I went to a JR junior ROTC high school. I didn't, I didn't mean I, to yeah, say I military academy. Excuse the, me. Uh, a, a military preparatory academy is what I went to say. Sorry. Although you know what just occurred to me, the the space force is going to need its own academy. I just I want them to hold off long enough that they can build their their service academy in orbit. That would it won't be a space force until they have weapons, but I'm with you on this. Well, one. yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're we're working on it. We're getting there. At, at least we've got a force that is that, that this is their purpose and and that's their mission. So fingers crossed that we get the Starship Enterprise sooner rather than later. Um, 
Doverville here, he's reminding me of one of my favorite poems, and it's E.E. E. Cummins' uh, I Sing of Olaf, Glad and Big. And Olaf being this stubborn man who is being told to do all these stupid, awful things, keeps repeating his mantra, there is some stuff, I clean that up, there is some stuff I will not eat. And we've had enough. It's not just Tuberville, it is uh, uh, millions upon millions of Americans who have had enough of the lawless behavior from our so-called betters in in Washington. And I would add our, our so-called cultural betters in, in New York and Los Angeles and the rest of the, the, the blue dot enclaves as well. We are just fed up. Um, it's the uh, uh, governor of Kentucky, uh, Mitch McConnell's state. Uh, he's a Democrat. His name is uh, Breeson, I believe. I, uh, names escape me sometime, and I'm not from Kentucky. But uh, Kentucky, the legislature there is controlled by Republicans, overwhelmingly so, that pa- passed a law. Apparently, this was behind the scenes at Mitch McConnell's urging. Uh, uh, changing Kentucky law on uh, Senate vacancies that the governor, who is a Democrat, or any governor of any party, must appoint a replacement, a temporary replacement senator from the same party as the one who died or retired, whatever, whatever caused the vacancy. So if it's a Republican governor and a Democrat senator retires or dies in office, then the Republican governor has to appoint by law, and remember, it's up to the states to determine their own laws on these things, by law must appoint another Democrat and send that Democrat to the Senate in Washington. Well, the governor, who is a Democrat and by law must appoint a Republican to replace Mitch McConnell, should Mitch McConnell die or retire, has uh, just suggested that he might not follow the law. Just out and out to say, yeah, you know, maybe not. And we're sick of this, Bill. It's enough. It's enough. It's a constitutional republic with with a set of principles and a set of laws uh, that are supposed to represent those principles, and and they're just they're not following it. And we've tried. We've tried everything. We sent a. We were so frustrated. We sent a TV reality show host to Washington D.C. to try and clean up the mess. We're so frustrated. And even that didn't work. So I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, Bill, but the more I see these stories, it doesn't even matter what the details are anymore. The absolute lawlessness of it, while 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 the weaponized IRS goes after the rest of it, has me and a lot of viewers furious. Yes, and that's the problem here. Is not the, 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 the problem, uh, Scott, is, is that... The military, the United States military, armed forces of the United States are there to defeat our enemies. And they are not supposed to be involved with domestic politics. And certainly uh, the, the commander in chief and the through the through the politicized Pentagon are, should, should have no business making these kind of orders or decisions. And it is a form of it is a, a weird form of of escaping civilian control because the commander, because Joe Biden as a politician is issuing these orders as commander in chief. And when we look at the recruitment for the armed forces, it's down just, just catastrophically because, because the politics involved now are causing the United States military to, to specifically aim recruitment at the kind of people who hate the military. And you really have to ask yourself why it is that these woke, 
why these super woke commercials are, are and recruiting ads are being there. And it's very hard to find a logical explanation for it other than trying to weaken the, the armed forces. But my point is this, Scott, there's a great deal of discouragement and discontent throughout the, throughout the ranks in the military, throughout the, the honorable patriotic people who serve this country every day. And this has been going on for a while where they're getting orders from the top coming down from the Pentagon, telling them to do things that they find not only morally repugnant, but against the, the warrior ethos. And, and here, here comes one senator who's basically said, we are already so top-heavy. In military, they often call this a tale. In, in World War I or in the Revolutionary War, it was often one-to-one, one fighting man for one support troop. Then it got to be six-to-one. I think it's 20-to-one now. When you have 44 four-star generals in peacetime, and you had seven during World War II, you get an idea of how the military can be changed from a fighting force into a, an administrative standing army of bureaucrats. And I think that not only should he have stopped it because of this abortion thing, I think this thing should have been stopped a long time ago. And instead of rubber stamping candidates, you select maybe one out of 50 who genuinely seems to be outstanding. Well, and this whole aspect of it is really just a secondary argument from what Tuberville is attempting to do here, uh, as you acknowledge, um, because the reality is he's only making this argument that we don't need as many flag officers as uh, as people think because the other side is attacking him and saying this crucial promotion process hmm. is being held up by this right-wing evil ideologue, um, and we desperately need these officers in place to do their crucial functions, and, and to which he can rightly respond, really, well, we brought in World War II with just seven of them. Uh, why do we need <laughs> in relative peacetime to have 44 of them or more? Inflation. Yeah, inflation, exactly. Um, and, and I can only hope when it comes to the abortion issue um, that the Pentagon is not in charge of the procurement process because each abortion would be something like $1.7 million uh, to acquire if they were, if they were pricing it out. Um, this is – for years we were told by the left – that we needed to respect the Supreme Court of the United States. They had spoken. That was the final word. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Don't even think about, you know, trying to sponsor some legislation. The court had ruled it's, it's, uncon it, it's constitutional for people to have an abortion. When a different Supreme Court says, no, it actually is unconstitutional, uh, then all of a sudden we're to have no respect for the Supreme Court. And it's the only thing we should think about the Supreme Court now is how to work around it. And so, you know, the, immediately the Democrats said, oh, we're going to try to force through some legislation. We're going to get Biden to do some executive orders. Every state that could, all the Democrat-led states, immediately began trying to undercut uh, the Supreme Court decision. And and that part of it, actually, we said for years, hey, let's throw this back to the states. Now, for, as a person who believes that every life is precious and that a baby is life from the very beginning, um, I, I don't think the states have a right to make it okay to kill one of those. Um, but in our structure of governance, it's certainly not the federal government's role to rule in something like that. In any case, um, this we the, the Democrats now see the abortion ban, so to speak, as a blip in history that will soon be overcome. Um, and so they have continued to conduct themselves as if it were business as usual. And the president's saying, yeah, go ahead. Let's make sure that uh, that those female officers or, I'm sorry, I forgot the tenor of the times, or any officer, male or female, who wants an abortion should be able to yes. fly 
to the location to get that abortion at taxpayer expense. And uh, to me, this is a this is a lawless act on the part of the president. If the anybody in the Pentagon who follows such orders is committing a lawless act, they are obeying an illegal order. And and praise God for Tommy Tuberville, who found some way still that one man in these United States can stand up and say no. Yeah. Oh, hey, absolutely. Bill, can I throw something in real sure, quick? Please, I, I, please. I should have thought of this before, but the Democrats have thoroughly corrupted the military. It started with Obama's purge of pretty much every decent, higher-ranking officer in the uh, you know, during his two terms of office, and installing these political hacks instead of instead of actual war fighters. And now they, they're all flag rank, and and this at this point where Republicans who since the Vietnam War ended were the only side that actually supported the military in any real way. Now that the Republicans are saying, hey, the military is, is, is it, it's all going off the rails. It, there's something wrong here. The Democrats are saying, oh, you hate the military. You're unpatriotic. Yeah. This, this is what they do. They corrupt an institution. And when we point it out, they accuse us of being the lawless ones. Sick That's it, pretty Bill. much the pattern. Just for the record, I'd just like to get this said before I say what I'm about to say. Uh, I think the, the, the signal honors of my uh, career in this business has been the opportunity to meet uh, and um, interact with members of our U.S. military. I've been on board a, a nuclear submarine 600 feet below the surface of the Pacific. I've been on board a guided missile destroyer on the surface of the Pacific, and I've been to Guantanamo Bay twice voluntarily, as it turned out. Now – what I find is that the people in the military, the, the, the young enlisted people and the, and the officers, the young officers, field officers, profoundly patriotic and profoundly um, dedicated to the service of this country. But something has changed. And, and so if I were to fix the situation, I would eliminate – I wouldn't eliminate two things that were there. The, once again, for the – I, I don't know how many times I've had this experience, but once again, in the case of Senator uh, Tuberville here, you find something in the Constitution that, that seems almost meaningless, but it actually has the genius behind it. Unanimous consent for officers. One guy can say no. That's a, that's a remarkable, remarkable thing. But the, here's the two things that I would eliminate in order to improve our country dramatically because they're new. The first thing I would do is I would absolutely eliminate the entire idea of an executive order. Executive orders were originally designed so that you did not have to did not have to enact legislation to increase the White House staff by adding a janitor, right? So it was basically for minor administrative shopkeeping difficulties. But now executive orders are simply ways for the president of the United States to dictate his will. The Congress says something, a law has been passed. Well, I'm just going to write an executive order. I'm going to overrule that. That's just plain dictatorship. Executive orders of any kind have to go, period. They have to be made illegal. And the bigger problem and the bigger challenge, and I've thought about this quite a lot, we need to, we need to disband the Pentagon and turn it into a, a commercial ice skating rink or something along those lines. The Pentagon was designed to centralize military authority, was designed and 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 the idea for it was commissioned when the Department of War became the Department of Defense, and we got the U.S. Air Force. The Pentagon came along with all of that. It seemed like the idea of having all of our top officers in one place would be convenient and, and would add efficiency. But what we found over the course of the last 50, 60, 70 years is 
is that the Pentagon is a temple and the people inside it are a priesthood. They are not connected to our military. They are completely isolated from the everyday concerns of everyday soldiers. And the people who live in the Pentagon, who work in the Pentagon, have one objective. And that objective is not to defend the United States of America from enemies foreign. It is to move to an inner ring of the Pentagon. And it has caused us enormous, enormous political corruption. I would just disband it. I'm not saying we don't need exact le leaders. Obviously, we need four-star generals and admirals. I would just have them dispersed around the country at various bases where they can keep their fingers on the pulse of what's actually happening. And I have them stationed overseas as well. And if it turned out we needed an emergency meeting, then we would do a secure Zoom call because the Pentagon is the problem. It's the problem. When I say the Pentagon, I'm not saying the military is the problem. We have the finest military in the world, and, and it is one of the last bastions of, of... The U.S. military has kept freedom alive on the planet, period. But what's happening in the Pentagon is not good for the, for the fighting men and women of our armed services. They deserve better than this. And so I salute this senator for not only doing it on, on the abortion side of it, but also recognizing that it is the promotion of volumes of people who've never been involved with the actual war fighting, who are administrative bureaucrats, political animals, who are getting more and more and more populated inside of the boundaries of this walled-off fortress monastery and who are more and more disconnected from the fighting men and the reasons that we're fighting in the first place. God bless you, Senator, and I'm just proud to be an American uh, the same side as you are. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Right Angle.